Hey everyone, you're listening to Coaching for Leaders. This is episode number 65. This week's topic, how to prepare a speech without panicking. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching for Leaders. This is the show for leaders who want to improve themselves so they can better engage and develop others. Whether you're a seasoned leader or leading people for the first time, improving your leadership skills will drive your success and most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic, how to prepare a speech without panicking. Well, welcome back to Coaching for Leaders. I hope you had a wonderful weekend and are getting ready for another week of being able to lead and connect with people. And I am so thrilled to be back with you. My name is Dave Stahoviak, and I'm the host here of the show and coming to you broadcasting out here in Orange County, California, and glad to have you back. And if you are listening for the first time to this episode, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Maybe you've always wanted to be a leader. Maybe you've dreamed of being in a leadership role and being able to engage and inspire people. But on the other hand, maybe you're in the opposite situation, as many of the people I've worked with over the last decade have been, which is maybe you didn't even plan to be a leader and you fell into the role uh, at some point along the way, or maybe you had to jump in uh, to help out your organization. And maybe you found this show and just want to enhance your people skills and help you to become more effective in communicating with others and connecting with others. And if you are that person, I can assure you, you will find something here that'll be of value to you because today I'm going to be covering how to uh, prepare a speech without panicking, which I think is what a lot of us tend to do when we are asked to prepare a speech. I know I have done it many, many times. And if you've ever been asked to speak to people, whether it's a formal presentation or just to get up and say a few words or get up and give a toast, uh, you've probably had that sense of dread and nervousness or panic. Uh, You know, there are people out there who are just natural speakers and very, very comfortable getting in front of an audience and, you know, have had very little training or development to do that and can get up and just are completely confident Man, let me tell you, that is not me and not most of the people that I work with either. So I hope that this show will be helpful to you. If it if that topic's not helpful to you, hey, I'll hope you tune in next week and we'll be back with another topic that will be helpful to you. So I got a call this week from a client, actually a past client, who said that, hey, I've been asked to give a speech and what should I do? What's the first step? And this is a call I get, gosh, several times a month from people I currently work with or have worked with in the past. And they've had an opportunity come up, either something they were hoping for and wanting to see come up. But more often, actually, it's it's not that. Usually it's they've been asked to give a talk or a presentation. And more often than not, I get a call when someone just doesn't know where to start. What should I do first to begin to prepare this presentation or this talk? And I've been thinking about this this week as well because I'm actually in the process of preparing a big talk to give to a corporate uh, leadership team in in about a week. And so I'm going through the same process myself uh, right now. And I think it is that time of the year where a lot of presentations are happening, a lot of speeches, a lot of toasts. Just a lot of types of things going on where we are asked to communicate a lot, but you know, really any time of the year this comes up. I, I get calls all the time for this. 
And the biggest thing that gets most of us in trouble with this is we simply just don't know how to start. And so we end up getting in this panic mode. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do first in order to prepare this presentation? How can I get started? Well, here's a few things that you can do that if you will take these first few steps, it it won't be the end all of preparing every presentation, but it will get you started on getting past the point where you feel that panic of what am I going to do? So the very first thing I'd suggest is that to the best of your ability, consider yourself honored to be asked. Yeah, that's right. Consider yourself honored to be asked to give a presentation. You know, this is contrary to what a lot of the clients I've worked with over the years, uh, where they start when they're asked to give a presentation or to give a speech. Here's what most of the people that I've worked with over the years, um, how they respond when they're asked to give a presentation or asked to give a speech or asked to talk to a customer uh, by their leadership. Uh, a lot of times they'll they'll either try to negotiate their way out of it or they'll drag their feet on responding or saying yes or, or being able to jump in and to help out uh, or they'll try to get someone else to do it. I, I've had people, uh, I actually worked with someone, I had a conversation just three or four years ago, I sat down with someone who was doing some work and wanting to enhance her communication skills and we started talking and we were talking about how presentations was an important part of her job and what she would often do is that when she needed to give a presentation or or the material that she knew really well that she was an expert and needed to be presented to a group she would find someone else to do it and she had been doing this for a long time and i said well how long and let me tell you the answer we could measure in decades decades she had been trying to get other folks to give presentations on her behalf and had actually been fairly successful at doing it. Not all the time, but most of the time. Unfortunately, it had also been tremendously detrimental to her career. And even more importantly than that, it caused her a lot of pain. It caused her a lot of panic and anguish every time she was asked to speak or communicate in front of others. And you know, it used to be that there was a world where you could get away with that. And more and more, that just isn't the case anymore. In fact, I just saw an article this past week in the Wall Street Journal, and I'm going to be placing a link to this article on our website and our Facebook page. But the article is uh, was just published this last week, and it, the title is, the headline, Must Have Job Skills in 2013. And there's four of them that the Wall Street Journal identifies. Number one, clear communications. And they say whatever their level, communication is key for workers to advance. And you know, one of the things that's interesting about today's workplace is that today's workplace doesn't always happen in a workplace. You know, so many of us are working virtually, we're telecommuting, we're working from home. Even if we go to an office, much if not most of the time, many of us are communicating with people in other buildings, on other campuses, and other parts of the world. And our communication skills in person have become a little lax for a lot of us. We're not as effective in communicating as per in person as we used to be. We don't have as many opportunities. So clear communications. Wall Street Journal says number one. By the way, uh, there's four of them. Number two and three directly relate to this too. Number two is personal branding. And number three is flexibility. 
Uh, those are both key to being able to present. You want to brand yourself as someone who can communicate well, and you certainly want to be someone who is flexible. If we're flexible, we have so many more opportunities to connect in the workplace. And you know, uh, the thing that's great about this is that if you can get good at this, if you can get at least reasonably effective at communicating in front of people and being able to present and give a speech and get information across, you open up so many more doors. Um, you know, one of the common, common uh, objections I hear from people when we're talking about improving their presentation or communication skills is they say, well, if I do this this time and I get good at it, or, or maybe I just do okay, they're just going to ask me to do it more and more and more and more. And you know what? It's true. They might. <laughs> they might ask you to do it a whole lot more. But here's the thing. Is the people out there in the organizational world who have good, solid communication skills, or at least reasonably good communication skills and great technical skills to back it up, man, those people are so valuable in today's workplace. These are not the people that get let go in when organizations are trying to downsize. For the most part, there's always exceptions, of course. But these are the people that make themselves so valuable because not only do they have the technical skills, but they have the communication skills to be able to back that up. And here's the real value for people, especially those of us, you know, with strong, strong technical skills is the more you can communicate, the more you influence direction, the more you're able to be the person that is going to influence how work is going to happen, what the customer is going to do, how you're going to make the recommendation to your leadership team. If you can do that, yeah, you may need to speak a little bit more, but you'll end up being in a place where you can control your work more effectively, where at the very least you have a much bigger say in how work's done and problem solving. And that's an exciting place to be. And I know the people I've worked with over the years who have gotten good at that, of considering yourself honored to be able to speak and be able to present and changing. If we can change our mindset around that, it opens up so many doors. You know, a lot of us fear speaking. I say us because I do too, but you can do it. I've worked with hundreds of people over the years who have had tremendous fear over speaking and have gone through classes and coaching. I've a chance to be a part of many, many of these situations and have gotten good at speaking. Do they speak professionally? No, but most of us don't need to do that. We just need to be able to get up and communicate effectively. But if we start off with anger, resentment, trying to get our way out of it, it is going to really be challenging for us to get anything of value out of the situation. So my first piece of advice is consider yourself honored anytime you're asked to speak. Now, here's the next thing is how to keep from panicking, how to really prepare a speech, stay away from the computer. Yeah, that's right. Stay away from the computer because here's what everybody does. 98% of people I know, when they get asked to give a talk, a presentation, a report, anything, a briefing, is they sit down at the computer, they click on Microsoft PowerPoint, they open it up, they write the title slide, and they start populating all the bullet points. And let me tell you, 
Nothing could be more detrimental to your ability to really think through how to communicate effectively, creatively, and what message you want to send to the audience than starting with putting together your slides. And and I'm not saying don't use PowerPoint or don't use Keynote or any of the other tools out there. They're wonderful, wonderful additions to being able to present effectively, but don't start there. Because here's what happens is many people build their presentation uh, with the slides first. And the slides themselves become the presentation. The slides become the focus of everything, where the bullet point is, what the font size is, what the graphics are on the slide. And then they get up in front of the group. You've seen this happen. And they stand there or they sit there and they look at the slides as they're speaking to the audience or the customer. They read from the slides. 80% of people do this with presenting. And in fact, it's so common that uh, most people just do it because it it you know it's just kind of the default setting for lack of a better term in today's organizational world that you know you'll come in with a series of slides and you'll sit there and you'll read them to people and that's fine if you want to be mediocre and you want to just do what everyone else does and you don't really care that much about being able to get a message across in a genuine way but the mistake that many many people make and I've made this too before I learned better is that many of us assume that the PowerPoint is the presentation. It is not. It's just there to support you. You're the primary message. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. You have the enthusiasm, hopefully, for whatever it is you're speaking about. And so you want to start with yourself first of stepping away from the computer. Yeah, yeah, you can you can use the slides. You can still make slides. I'm not saying don't make slides. But don't start there. Rather, what I would suggest you do is ask yourself first, what is the purpose of this presentation? And if you can remember the acronym PI, one of my favorite desserts, then you can pretty much get down to the three buckets that just about every presentation falls into. And you'll see different versions of this out on the web and in presentation books. But generally speaking, Every presentation, the purpose of any presentation comes down to one of these three things, and sometimes it's a hybrid between the three. Uh, One reason to present is to persuade your audience to do something differently than they're already doing, so persuading them. The second reason would be to inform the audience. And third is to entertain. If you're up in front of a group of people, you are most likely doing one of those three things or maybe some combination of those three things. But there's probably one of those three things that you're doing. So for example, I got a call this week, I mentioned from a client who said, hey, I've been asked to give a commencement address at a graduation ceremony coming up in about a month. You know, what's the first step? What should I do? And so you know, a graduation talk is, is actually kind of a challenging thing to put together and prepare for a whole bunch of reasons. But it is primarily an event where people are there to celebrate the graduating students. And so a lot of times a speaker, a commencement speaker, in reality is, is not there so much to persuade, maybe a little bit, or not so much there to inform, but to really entertain and maybe even inspire 
the audience a little bit. On the other hand, I mentioned I'm giving a talk to a corporate leadership team in about a week. The purpose of my presentation is going to be to inform them, but also to persuade them to take action to do more business with our organization. And so that's a very, very different type of talk, very, very different type of environment, very, very different type of audience. And here's just another example. This is outside of the professional world, but think of just something completely different than both of those talks is let's say you were asked to give a eulogy at a family member or friend's uh, service in remembering them. That's really a talk. When you think about it, that's a talk of persuasion. You are there to persuade the audience that your family member or friend made a great, wonderful impact in their life. And you're there to speak on their behalf and give voice to someone who no longer has voice. And so there's so many different types of presentations, but they almost always fall down to one of these three things. Are you there to persuade? Are you there to inform? Or are you there to entertain? Now, the reason it's important to identify that upfront is you're going to put together your talk and how you give it very differently depending on what exactly it is that's the purpose of you being there. So then the next step is ask yourself, what do I want someone in the audience to say about my talk at lunch? Okay, let me explain what I mean by that. What do I want someone in the audience to say about my talk at lunch? What are you talking about? Well, here's what I'm talking about. So um, as, if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, you know that Bonnie and I, my wife and I have had a son and his name is Luke. Uh, he's nine months old now. And, uh, and those of you who are parents out there have had this experience. We, our lives have gotten a lot busier since he showed up in our lives. The free time that we used to have to talk to each other and dialogue and connect with each other, we just don't have as much of anymore. So we really have to be intentional about how we communicate, utilizing our time well, connecting well. So every Sunday night, we have a standing date night and we have a babysitter that comes in and we spend a couple hours. Usually we'll go out to eat somewhere or at least we'll just get out of the house and we'll usually over dinner, we'll sit down and we'll ask ourselves, each of us, we'll ask two questions. What gave you life this week and what drained you this week? And I'm always interested in hearing what Bonnie says about what both of those, but in particular, what gave her life this week? Because the things that she mentions are things that really were impactful for her. They were situations or people that uh, had enough of an influence and an impact on her in that particular week that she's still thinking about it two, three, four, six, seven days later. And really, if you're going to give a talk or a presentation, you want to have the impact where someone's still going to be talking about your presentation or your talk later on at lunch with someone or later on at dinner with someone. And depending on the environment, lunch, if you're in a professional situation, dinner, maybe if you're giving a personal talk, but, but you want to be having a presentation that people are going to remember that they're going to remember the message. They're going to remember what it is you were informing them about. They're remembering what it is you persuaded them about how you entertain them. And so what do you want people to say when they're talking to a colleague at lunch? 
or a family member at dinner? What do you want them to say about your talk? You know, we all have limited bandwidth. We don't have, you know, tons of time to process everything that comes our way with these days with all the, you know, email and Facebook and and text messages and phone calls, all those things we all deal with on a daily, weekly basis in our lives and in our professional worlds. We all have such limited bandwidth these days. What do you want someone to say about what you said later to someone that they trust? And here's what I would do is I would put, pull out a page, pull out a piece of paper, or go find a dry erase board, or pull out a legal pad, or maybe find a mind mapping software on the iPad. I use one called iThoughts HD. Uh, find something and just pull out a piece of paper. And on the center of that paper, write down, what is it do you want someone to say about your talk later at lunch? What do you want someone to say about this presentation to a family member at dinner? And go ahead and put that right in the center of the legal pad or your mind map. And then what you'll start doing is from there thinking about how would you get there? So you're doing what Stephen Covey said, the late Stephen Covey, of begin with the end in mind. Rather than pulling up the PowerPoint slide and starting to think about what's the first bullet point going to be and how much room do I have to put in the next two or three or four bullet points, that's missing the big objective. The objective is, is you want to be thinking about what is it that the talk that you'll give, what are people going to be saying about it later? And then when we, if we plan our presentations that way, we can really work backwards to what is it that we need to say or do in order to be able to get to that objective. And in fact, that's the first thing that I do when I am coaching someone on a presentation or they call me and are asking for advice is we'll sit down with a pad of paper and put down that, what do you want people to be saying about your talk afterwards? We'll circle it. And then we'll start just kind of jotting down ideas, you know, okay, what do you, what would you say in, in order to get there? What would be some examples you'd use? What would be some stories you'd tell? And, and all of a sudden, guess what happens? The content the structure of the presentation starts to emerge. And then it's pretty straightforward. Then you can sit down and start to figure out, okay, what would I say first? What would I say second? What would I say third? Then you can start to put the order together. And then eventually, if it's appropriate, you can add in the PowerPoint slides, you can add in the visuals. But start off first of thinking of what do you want people to say about you? Use that mind map. I love using the dry erase board that sits behind me in my office. I'll put something in the middle and I'll just start you know, dragging things out there. And if you want any help with that, by the way, just Google mind mapping and you'll find lots of different, you'll see lots of different examples and just ways you can create mind maps. It's a wonderful way to start off with a presentation. Now, here's the thing that I would also for sure include when you are doing that mind map is include examples, 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 examples. Okay. So you got it. Examples. Tell people stories. Use examples, use evidence, demonstrate what it is you mean. I saw about a 20, 25 minute talk this week, and I don't remember the main message of the talk. Uh, What I remembered was the speaker had told two stories. The stories sort of related to the main message of the talk, but I remember the stories more so than I remembered 
the larger presentation because most of the larger presentation was just information. It was just talking about things and just giving information to the audience. But it wasn't built around something that was memorable. What I do remember was the two stories that the presenter said. And if we can remember this, the importance of using examples, telling stories, that will help drive the ability for our audience to remember what it is that we are trying to communicate. The value of content, of examples, of testimonials, of evidence that you can bring to the, your presentation is critical. It's much more important than delivery, I promise you. I would much rather see, after having seen thousands of presentations in my career, I would much rather see someone who got up in front of the room and had a wonderfully structured thought process of what kind of value they wanted to provide to the audience versus someone who had all the right facial expressions and eye contact and gestures, but hadn't really thought through the importance of examples and stories and evidence. Now, I'm not saying delivery isn't important. It's a very important thing. I've spent a lot of time in my career coaching people on delivery. But if you had to choose one, content, the content of your presentation is critical. Now, here's two resources for you to tap into that from this show. Uh, if you want to learn how to tell stories more effectively, go back and listen to episode number 51. I had Sandy Morgan on as a guest. We did some examples of how to tell stories, how to utilize stories when you're trying to persuade people. So that's a great resource. Also, be sure to check out the importance of content, presentation content in episode number 38. And that's a great reminder of the importance of focusing on content. Now, one final reminder to keep you from panicking when you're trying to prepare a speech or a presentation is go into the intention, go into it with the intention of changing the world. Seriously, seriously, changing the world. What can you do? How can you present what it is you're about to say in a way that's going to affect positive change in the world? And if you're not up for this, if you don't really truly think that you can add value to the world by what it is you're about to present, then maybe you're not the right person for the job. Uh, you're better off having someone else give the presentation. Now, don't use that as an excuse to not present something that you should present that you're the expert as. Because if you can find a way to connect with people genuinely and you can prepare a presentation, you can change the world. I swear you can. You know, an example of this from several years ago is I was uh, really fortunate. Bonnie had invited me to go with her to an event that was happening um, with an organization that, you know, we had donated a, a tiny bit of money to help with a project um, that neither of us knew very much about, but uh, Bonnie had gone to one of their events uh, several years before that. And um, it was a organization that was producing a film, a documentary, and it was a documentary on um, domestic violence. And so we were invited because we had donated a small amount of money. It was something very small. And we were invited to come and see the screening of this documentary because it was ready to be released. And so we went that evening and watched the documentary. And the documentary um, is about a lot of things, but it was focused around the story of a woman who had um, killed her husband in self-defense. 
and um, and had gone to prison for 25 years here in the state of California. And um, and back 20, 30 years ago when she was convicted, there were not the laws that there are today. There was not the same thinking that there is today of battered women syndrome and of the um, of taking into account uh, abuse and domestic violence over time and self-defense the way that there is today. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of the people who were convicted 20 or 30 years ago didn't have the benefit of those laws that are now in the books today. And so, um, so this documentary was shown, and then at the end of this incredibly powerful movie, uh, the woman who is at the center of the documentary came up to the front of the room and told the story of what happened to her and how she got how she started participating in this documentary. And I, I can assure you, she never had any formal presentation training. She never went to a class on how to give a speech, uh, probably, or if she had, it had been many decades. Um, she never had uh, gotten presentation coaching, but she spoke from her heart. She believed that the message she had that day could change the world. And Bonnie and I were sitting there listening to this. It was a two or three hour event. And both of us, by the end of this evening, had just tears running down our eyes for this woman and her story. And it was one of those evenings where like, oh my gosh, how can we help support these people uh, in what they're doing and getting this message out? And it wasn't even a fundraising event, but you know, we ended up writing them a much larger check and helping support the work that they were doing. And they've gone on now to actually influence all kinds of things that are happening in uh, legislation in California. And they just, you know, got things, uh, you know, got laws passed by the governor uh, and the state legislature just within the last month or two. And they're doing amazing things. And they've changed the world. You know, just a couple of people who had a belief in the power of their stories. Now, many of us who will get up and give a presentation will not have that kind of story to tell. But we do have the stories that we have. We have our life experience. We have something that we know so well that nobody else knows it as well as we do. Nobody else has that same experience that we have that technical skill, that way of doing something that nobody else knows how to do, that way of being able to process something with a customer that nobody else can do quite right, except you can. You're the person that needs to go out and to change the world and to influence people in a positive way, and I believe you can do it. You absolutely can do it. If I can get up and speak effectively and influence people, and let me tell you, I struggled for years of being able to communicate with confidence and to speak. And the fact that I do it you know, professionally now in training and facilitation and run a podcast, uh, let me tell you, if I can do this, anybody can. Anybody can. Now, it doesn't mean you can do it yourself. Get people to help you. And I'd be happy to help you. Call in, leave a note if you need help, and I'll answer it on the show or drop you a line back. And so know that there are people that will support you. There's people in your organization that can help. Um, you know, this show can be a resource for you. Our community can be a resource for you. But you can prepare a speech without panicking. You can do it. And if you're willing to put forth a little bit of this effort to go through these first few steps, you will create a framework that will help you to change the world. Here's how to start. Go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash the number 65. You are going to find the show notes for this episode on that page. Uh, you'll find all the details of everything I just mentioned. 
Start there. That's a great place to begin your presentation planning. And if you are reading this, or maybe you're even planning a presentation right now, hey, give me a call, leave me a message, and I'd be happy to address it on the next show. You can leave me a message on our voicemail feedback line. That's 949-38-LEARN, or you can always send me email to feedback at coachingforleaders.com. Now, the other thing I'd suggest that you do is if you know someone who is preparing a speech or is going to be asked to give a speech soon and they don't have a lot of confidence or uh, you know ability to do that with, with grace and success you know, immediately, tell them about this episode because if they can connect with a couple of these steps, it'll help get them started as well too. A couple of quick announcements before I let you go this week. I just wanted to remind you that the email Articles are coming out every single week now. So this show airs every Monday, but there's also an email article that is coming out every single week, usually on Wednesdays. If you would like more resources, tools, something to keep you going during the week that'll give you more ideas on how to engage and develop others, be sure to hop on to the website, subscribe to that uh, the email list, and I'll make sure to get that to you in your inbox every single week. The best way to do that is go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash subscribe, and that will get you that article every single week. Hey, a huge thank you to Barbara Swanson, Michelle Koble, Annie Grennan, and Pam Uzelak-Brown. Hey, Pam, I hope I pronounced your name right. Thank you so much to all four of you for hopping on to Facebook this past week and liking our Facebook page. You can do that as well for lots more resources, uh, things that I post every week, articles, suggestions. Go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash Facebook. That'll take you right to our page. You can hit like, you'll get all those updates. The link for the notes for this episode is at coachingforleaders.com forward slash 65. This show airs every single Monday. And wherever you are in the world, Whatever's on your agenda today, take one idea from these suggestions to engage and develop someone you lead. Have a great week, everybody.